0: Welcome to Bards and Barrels, the podcast for Dungeons & Dragons players, new and old. We're just a few 30-something dads who play D&D on the regular. I'm Ross Struess, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Brett Miller and Phil Boone. We'll be exploring the world of Dungeons & Dragons in each episode, sharing our experiences, offering tips and advice for those who play and run this classic game. Don't miss out on us discussing everything from character creation to combat mechanics and even delving into some of the lore behind the game. We'll also be sharing some of our funniest and most memorable moments from our own D&D campaigns. So whether you're a new player just starting out or a seasoned veteran looking to reminisce about your own adventures or just get a new perspective on things, Bards & Barrels has something for everyone. So sit back, grab a drink, and join us as we roll for initiative and embark on this epic adventure.
1: Welcome back, fellas. Hey. So I'm going to jump right into it because I am excited for this one. So uh, we just got a recap of D&D Direct 2023, which is like their um, big announcements for 2023, the new things that are coming in everything D&D. And there was this section that whoo, I got goosebumps about. I sent it to you guys right away. Uh, it is a new virtual tabletop within D&D Beyond. This is something they've been talking about for quite a while, uh, but we watched the trailer, watched the, the playthrough that they demoed of the new tabletop, and oh, oh, it looks
0: so awesome. Uh, what are your guys' first takes? I, I'm going to be honest. I was I was floored at how... Good, it looked. I I was expecting not not. I shouldn't expect something like roll twenty because I roll twenty is very flat, and we knew it was going to be something better than that. But I still expected something in that ballpark, and and this knocked out the expectation I had.
2: I was honestly blown away. Like I think they talked about using the Unreal Engine when they built this, and in some of the kind of trial gameplay that they were showing, and I think they're still pre-alpha, right? So we're super early on in this phase, but what they were showing is very advanced compared to anything else that I've seen out there on the market at this point in time. The actual fact that your tokens are more like 3D renderings of your characters, it can attach to, you know, anything that you've built in Beyond. I think one of the players mentioned, hey, I have this wizard character that I've been really wanting to play. And the guy who was running the game asked, well, hey, do you have that character built in d d Beyond? She's like, yeah, you can just import it. That's huge, like being able to just bring in all of that information, the fact that everything's housed and beyond. You don't have to necessarily worry about plugins that you rely on in some of your other virtual tabletops to send your rolls, things like that. One of the things that I loved was watching a character roll their dice. And when you roll your dice, they interact with the terrain. I think there was a table in the scene, actually, and the dice, it, when it rolled the d20, it actually... Kind of rolled up the table and landed on top of the table. So it's kind of fun to see the interaction that they've built into it. I think they actually did a good job spending time focusing on parts that people are really going to gravitate towards.
1: Uh, And if you haven't seen this video, we'll post it up on our Facebook page, Bards and Barrels. And if you haven't followed us, give us a follow or a like on Facebook. Uh, But oh man, it looks so nice. When you cast a spell, it throws down um like if you're casting magic missile on a creature it it fires missiles onto the creature and shows like a little splash damage of how much damage you're dealing onto it oh. So nice.
0: I, I liked how um, totally with the magic missiles. I remember that was one in my brain that I was like, that was really cool. Also, when like the the monster that they were using, like a uh, like it did the the acid splash. Uh, so, yeah. Oh. That,
1: yes. I was thinking when it erupted out of the.
0: Oh, ground. yeah. That that too. That burst
1: was really Out
2: cool of the too. ground.
0: Yes. Yes. And I, I thought it was really cool how like when it attacked either a player or a monster, how it would, like the token would like hit the other token, and then the damage die would, like, fly out of it kind of thing. Yes, I think that's what it was anyway. So that was, like, really cool that that all happens in one move. So it's, like, it rolled the attack. Well, I'm guessing that, again, pre-alpha, so we haven't seen a lot of the things yet, but I'm guessing there was an attack roll that was made once it was passed that happened, and then, since the attack was successful, it rolled the dice automatically, which was really
2: stinking cool. They definitely got me excited, right? Like, they hooked me. I want to know
0: it's it's good marketing for sure i mean i mean we're not going to know for a couple months yet or several months depending on exactly when they drop this what this is going to be like but i agree 100 percent, phil I, first look i'm super excited about this i can't wait to do it the one thing that i don't want to say concerns me because again we haven't actually played this yet is ease of use because it's like one of the things that they talked about was like you can take x and build it for your campaign which is great but how easy is it to do that that's probably the one thing that i'm like we just don't know yet and and i'm hoping that they kept it super easy
2: i'll tell you my other hesitation as well real quickly is so i i have a subscription to DD beyond as a dm it just made sense for me to have that i have most of the material and i can share it with my group one of my concerns potentially about this new feature is you know will a party that doesn't want to purchase a subscription to D&D Beyond they just want to use a free account will they be able to use this virtual tabletop or is someone in that group going to have to actually commit to purchasing a subscription um I would Hate to see it become a pay-to-play type of situation when other platforms offer a free, for the most part, option. That's one of my concerns.
1: Uh, well, I think at the level that they're at, it's just so far beyond any other offering. With the 3D graphics, the, you can move around your scene, um, being able to... Have 3D terrain built into your thing. Jump up onto a table with your character. It's so much beyond that I think... D&D beyond. uh, I get it. Uh, (laughs) I think it's just... It's so far above anybody else that... People are going to pay. People that want to really get immersed in the experience, in the story... I think a lot of people are going to pay for this.
0: Oh, I think so, too. One of the things that I'm most curious about that they they didn't tell you anything was, are they going to have like the the pre-packaged, if you're running Storm King's Thunder, are they going to have all of those things built for you so you can just hop in and play? Part of me says they have to do that, right? Because that one if you have to pay for it it's easy money to make and then two it's pre-built so you can just run the campaign read through the book run it and have everything there for you
2: i know they didn't touch on it but i have an assumption there right and my assumption is is it's going to be tied back to you know whoever your dm is or whoever's doing the campaign sharing that in essence they'll have access to anything that they have purchased and beyond that's what i'm guessing they're going to ultimately end up doing which time will tell you know we'll see what they actually do but That's my initial thoughts. One of the other pieces that I don't necessarily think we mentioned that I really liked because sometimes it's a hassle in other um, virtual tabletops is when you pick up your character and you start moving them, it immediately tells you how far you're moving. And when you hit your kind of like 25 feet or your 30 feet or whatever your movement is, you know, like immediately. It shows you a circle of basically how far your movement is. And sure. They mentioned in the package that, you know, you, if you want to move further than that, you can, you're not limited to that for the sake of maybe theater of the mind or something along those lines. But I think just having that automatically built in, I think that's a huge win automatically right there up front.
1: So uh, I read the article that went along with the the poster in the video. Um, and one of the things they touched on that they're still trying to figure out with that automatic. Being able to figure out things for you is the balance of, by default, how much automation should be in there. Uh, if you roll an attack, does the does the save on the monster, or if the monster is attacking you, does that save roll automatically, or do you need to trigger that as the DM? And finding mm. that balance in there on what level of control do the players still get versus how much of it just rolls automatically as somebody. You click an attack, and everything rolls for you automatically. Having that balance in there is going to be really tricky, and I could see it being scalable based on who the party is. And it's going to be really tricky to make sure that they nail that because an advanced table of players is going to want that... uh, They're going to want to have more control. A brand new table that has never played before... Is probably okay having their saving throws rolled automatically.
0: I, I, I think you hit that on the head because I think that's the beauty of D&D Beyond is if you have your player character in there and you're not you're, I, I started on pen and paper D&D type thing where I'm looking at the dice I need to roll and I physically roll them. It, it does the math and everything for you, right? to the point they're trying to make, I think it's going to have to be a sliding scale. You're going to be able to need to pick. So it's like either it's fully automated or you have to trigger those things. Just in my mind, because of the the levels of factions that are in there, that's how it's going to play out.
2: I think what they're ultimately going to have to do in order to cater to all audiences is you're going to almost have to have a beginner intermediate advance. So you can almost set a mode. Your beginner mode, it rolls those saves for you. In the advanced mode, you get to make you know, you can tweak every decision you want. Is that at the end's discretion? Is that at the player's discretion? Is that going to roll automatically? Saving throws, ability checks, damage rolls on an attack. All of that's going to have to be customizable at the advanced level or at the player level. If you hit, let's just roll that damage, right? Don't make them think about it, just do it. I think that's maybe what they're going to have to lean into. So I'll be curious to see how that develops, but I look for something probably akin to that.
1: Uh, the other thing I was really excited about uh, in the, the article that went along with the video was the level of um, <clears throat> awareness or customization, just understanding the player base and how people legitimately play. Uh, with a lot of the, v- the virtual tabletops, it's heavily skewed to uh, people are playing together in person and are just using this in person or some of them are more based on everybody's remote DD beyond is working on putting it so it's flexible so that one person can be remote one week and everybody else is in person and having a balance there so that it still fits the party's makeup and they can just jump in and go without having a lot of extra work is one of the key things that they're focused on developing and optimizing for so you can just jump in it's not a lot of extra work for the dm especially
0: totally I, I and i, I don't want to get too pessimistic on this but <laughs> my my mind takes me to wizards of the coast had to do something that would win some players back over over the fiasco over the open gaming license and, and is that is this that thing maybe i don't know we'll see how that all ha- hashes out but but that kind of goes to your point that everything they've showed so far is something that players wanted so it's like did they do this was already in the works, but did they do this be, at least in part because, or they're pushing this out now in part because of some of the fiasco that happened over the last few months? I don't know.
2: I think the timing. I think the timing of the delivery may have something to do with that. But by looking at what they have built so far, I mean this has been in development clearly for a good amount of time. I mean, with as far as they've gotten to this point, you know, this is not just a quick fix to the OGL fiasco. So timing-wise and marketing. Sure, development-wise, I mean, this is something they've clearly been sinking hundreds of hours into.
0: Good PR move, if nothing else, for sure.
1: You know, the shocking thing is, this is coming from D&D Beyond. The most, like, interactive role-playing that we've seen from D&D Beyond is being able to roll a dice on your character
0: sheet. What the hell? Where did this come from? Well, I think some of it is just, just the advancement of the Unreal Engine in a lot of ways. Oh, sure. But it's like, Fair. what? Give us some nuggets now, but holy cow, <laughs> you're
1: just jumping from like uh, horse and carriage to lightspeed light speed
0: in just one jump. Well, like, well it's one of those things. Cow. If you're going to jump into a market and win that market immediately... You have to make a splash. And that's exactly what they're doing here. This is how you pull back in all the people who are out. Obviously, DD Beyond owns Roll20 now, but people who are out in the other VTTs that are out there, the virtual tabletops, that's how you pull those people back in because now I offer something that nobody else has. And not only is it really cool, it's 3D, it's built with the Unreal Engine, so it looks fantastic, but you can build things on here too.
2: And I think that Wizard says now with this VTT, they've captured the market right so with them combining with actual like um you know they've got DD beyond in their corner now so then they're going to have this virtual tabletop in their corner now all of a sudden a fully digital player with no access to any physical books whatsoever or physical tabletop or even a physical group to play with you've completely eliminated that barrier of entry now You can have a player who's never played before meet up with a virtual group, build their players completely digitally in the D&D Beyond tool, and then turn right around and use the tabletop to play a fully immersive game without ever even necessarily meeting their party in person, period.
0: Which I think goes back to your point earlier, Brett, is the the only real roadblock that we don't know about yet is, is this going to cost them more money? And so if you're a new player and you're just getting into this and you may not want to drop the money or have have a party that has access to it, are you going to be able to do this or drop the money to do this? That's what we don't know yet, for sure.
1: You know, the other interesting thing is some of the other things that were going on at this presentation of D&D Direct. Uh, So some of the other things were uh, at local game stores, there's going to be local play events. That's something that's really cool. If you can go in, I know a lot of stores already have the setup where they have like open D and D nights, uh, but if you can formalize that and get a, a more robust open open door policy, so that you can start a campaign, develop new people, connect people in getting into a game, more is the better.
0: Well, I think I think what this lends itself to is if you want to stream your your party playing. D&D, it's not just a video camera on people sitting around a table anymore. You can actually Ooh. stream beyond and see these things happening with your characters. That's really cool. Ooh. And, and in ga- at game stores, it's the same kind of thing. It's no longer people standing around a table listening to people chat, right? It's like you can actually sit there and look at a screen. Yeah, they're still sitting in front of you, but you can look at that screen and actually see what they're playing out. And that changes the game entirely.
1: The, the D&D Twitch... Category is gonna explode. gonna explode. Yes, like it. <clears throat> Ooh, yes,
0: absolutely. Uh,
1: that whole category within within Twitch is gonna re- be revolutionized on this one update. Totally, if uh, it works.
0: And it immediately makes me think: Is it, do do other real play groups like Dungeons and Daddies or Critical Role adopt something like this so you can actually see those characters and do cool things? Do they need to? No. Will they? We'll see. Ooh. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. Uh, it's extra
1: complicated with it's officially D and D now.
0: True. But, ah. but one of the things that they try to sell on you is that your ability to create your campaign, not necessarily D and D or wizards of the coast works. You can take your campaign homebrew and build I, it. In I the know, system. but
1: like with the poster child critical role, they are basically the ambassadors for D and D if they, they can step in and use this official d d product now
0: Whew. that is a big endorsement I think they do i don't, I don't know if there's a lot of question there I think they they will end up doing that at some point I don't know We're i sure. love
2: it'll be Mercer interesting
1: like, he likes his minis
2: <laughs> I love sure. to i'm i'm really hopeful to see you know that kind of initiative to move to some of these like in your friendly local game store type of movement to do the same thing for D&D and the game stores that it kind of did for Magic the Gathering, right? You start having those Friday night magics where people can come and they can play freely. I'm interested to see what that does for the game store as well. One of the other things that I um, saw in that wrap up as well was that they're going to release kind of this new uh, Minecraft pack. So there is this collaborate collaboration now between D&D and Minecraft And I don't know if you guys took a look at it or not, but one of the things that really caught my eye in there was seeing a Beholder, like in the Minecraft block style of rendering is fantastic. And I think they mentioned in there too, they're going to have like mimics and there's mentions even of dragons. Uh, But from what I read, it's going to be a standalone adventure, like 10 hours worth of play that exists inside of Minecraft already. Oh my God,
0: I didn't know that part. But what what came to mind just now, wouldn't that be an epic song, The 8-Bit Beholder?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, a couple weeks ago, you guys brought up your, you showed your nerddom with talking about your magic cards. I'm going to show my nerddom here. Uh, Having a a Minecraft, like, long-form thing, D&D combo, you know what I think about? or like in my head i'm comparing it to runescape. Did you ever play that? Growing up? Oh, of course. Oh, like even the VTT or the virtual tabletop where it's like splashing the the roll of the dice and it's like popping up and with your like the amount of damage you dealt to a character like that's that's just ripping off uh runescape.
0: So <laughs> So small sidebar here, Brett, Brett and I actually have a Minecraft realm that we play in together. So just extending the further nerddoms that we can, we can associate with. Uh, but we, we like found an area to like build a city finally. And immediately we probably weren't even like an hour into the build. We were like, this place is totally going to be like Baldur's Gate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: yeah. We had a lower city with an upper city with a temple on the top.
0: Yes.
2: Oh, man. Was it a temple to God? I must know.
1: Oh, it's going to be.
2: Well, it already stinks. Oh, hell so, yes. Thanks be to <laughs> uh,
1: So, yeah, it's been a, a really exciting D&D Direct 2023. Uh, final thoughts from any, either of you guys?
0: I mean, I just think it's fun that... It... All of a sudden, I mean, D and D had already become more mainstream in the last year, but now with the movie coming out, the announcement of the VTT, getting involved in Minecraft, just those other nerd it's just an exciting time to be a fan of Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm super stoked for the rest of this year.
2: I can't wait for the Dungeons & Dragons slash Minecraft Funko Pops that are going to come out that are going to be like block versions of a Beholder because you know it's coming. We're going to get one more nerddom in there, and it's going to be fantastic. Yes.
1: I will say I think this is like the the coming out of COVID. They've had time to... jump into getting all these things fully developed and now they're starting to come to fruition and we're going to ramp up even more as D and D is exploding in popularity, especially with the D and D movie coming out. Um, more is more exciting things are on the horizon and I'm excited for it. Uh, But with all that, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, Make sure, if you haven't already, follow us on Facebook. We're pretty much everywhere uh, you can find a podcast. Share it with your friends. Uh, And we'll catch you on the next episode.